Hey, this is Stories and Solutions. I'm Mr. Todd. I have a special guest here, uh, my co-host, Eddie from uh, DLP. <laughs> yeah, start off with, uh, how you say, salutations. <laughs> so, salutations. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for coming on late, too. But um, so I figured first I wanted to lead off with, I didn't know if you remembered, but I actually say I already said that, but um, it's a year this Friday, which is why I was going to take the day off. So yeah, I was uh, like, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. This Friday is a that year. That, like yesterday, man. Yeah. So, so that's actually the reason why, like one of the, the episodes I wanted to talk about, cause I was like, okay, the person that was there and then you saw me there and then you see me now. Right. Is more like, okay, because you already went through the whole situation and we've had episodes on that. So I didn't want to go too much into that. I just wanted to say like, okay, for the people that have been listening or know me and are listening and even the new people, you can go back to like um, uh, previous episodes, which are like the first like five or so um, when last year <laughs> when mm -hmm. I... So I had this um, uh, situation where it's a autoimmune uh, neurological disorder and it wiped out my legs. I couldn't walk. I couldn't control my arms. Um, my face drooped like a stroke. I was having issues breathing. I couldn't see very well. Yeah, it, was it was scary. It was definitely scary, man. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, well, first again, first of all, again, thank you. But I wanted to ask you, is there any difference to you before this happened and now with me as far as have I seemed like I returned or am I not quite there? Or like, is there things that you remember? Well, I, I just want to say, so first of all, those of us that know you or those that, those of us that know you know that you're not asking anybody for help unless you absolutely need it right sometimes as men we don't we feel like we have to do everything our, ourselves right this is a, a separate this is a separate thing but we feel like we have to do everything ourselves right as you develop those relationships with close male counterparts right you do, you learn who you could depend on and who you shouldn't depend on what have you but there's still that vulnerability that you know as men we guard mm -hmm. you know what i mean and for you or asia called me to come out even in that call was like hey what are you doing you think you know are you busy <laughs> you know what i mean it wasn't it wasn't like hey i need your help get tired over because he can't walk he can't you, you know and i can't you know your your wife is slight right she's not you know yeah she's not uh Layla Ali or anything, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we need help getting them in. And so to come pick you up, help you into the emergency room, and then ultimately, you know, stay with you that day, then, you know, start doing testing, not knowing what's going on, and then, you know, see your face drooping, and then visiting you subsequently in the hospital where you're getting better, to see you fight to walk, you know, taking a step. And then, oh, I took a step today, and then I took two steps. And then to see that you know have actually have those vulnerable conversations i don't know if you've gone into this in your previous videos um i, I was part of one of those discussions but to have those conversations like man i don't know what what i should be doing right now should i be making sure my state is good should i be making sure you know 
Um, should your wife be, you know, looking for work right now? Should, you know, how long talking to your job, like how long can you be on disability where your family would be okay? Having real conversations while you're in the hospital and then finding your way back to where you are right now. All I can say is from before till now is perspective, right? I can't tell you if you're stronger than you were before that. I can't tell you. I, I know you're walking the way you were, and I know you're, you know, you're, you seem to be back to normal, okay. but perspective is a, is a Mickey Ficky, man. You like mm-hmm. you now you look back and like, look, I've, I've gone through that and I know what it could be if I wasn't the man that I am, you know, if I didn't have the, the fighting desire that I have, you know, being you. So now I'm going to do everything to the fullest. And that's what I'm seeing. Like you're not, you didn't take shortcuts before, but now it's like, you know what? I, I'm going to, I'm going to do quality, not quantity. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm going to take my time and not be rash and to doing type of things, but I'm still going to enjoy the things that I, that I want to do. I'm going to take those chances. So yeah, I'd say that it's, it's, there's never a benefit in going through something like that. But if I said that there is a bright side on the other side, it's that, right? It, it adds more perspective. I got you. Yeah, I was wondering if like, because for me, I notice, for example, like this, like I'll have these glitches where I'm trying to, I always say like, oh, maybe it's just old age, but it's, you know, it's like uh, I could tell the difference where I know what I'm trying to say and it's stuck. Right. Or, um vocabulary wise my vocabulary is pretty good (laughs) and there's times that like the simplest words i just can't find and my brain is searching through this rolodex of words and i'm like i don't get it you know Mm -hmm. and and that bothers me or there's stuff where like if i'm with the kids and i'm trying to like maneuver with them there's times where i can still tell like my right's doing what my left is supposed to do uh yeah, you know, know that, yeah. Yeah, so I have those. So you still have to be careful, like when it comes to physical exertion and how you have to pace yourself. Even though you yeah. have physical strength, you still like aren't don't have that confidence yet. Even a year later, I'm I'm stronger than I was mm-hmm. for sure because I work out like every day, but it, but I or almost every day, but like I, I'm definitely like physically stronger, but my stamina is okay it's my balance like when i get really tired i don't right. have i lose that first and then it's just i just seem to be like disoriented where i'm trying to do something and it's almost like my brain is like on hold like how mm-hmm. i i keep telling taj i'm like oh the i'm buffering because like he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll ask me something and then i'm like i know the answer and then i can't think and then it's just mm-hmm. like uh and then I tell them, but I have to like see it, like visualize what I'm trying to do or say, and then I can say it to you. Right. Otherwise, I'm just in like limbo. But, you know, other than that, I look like this. If I got hit by a car and they said, oh, you had a concussion, like how I crashed my car and I have mm-hmm. a concussion, right? It could be the same thing. Right. So I don't really stress. I'm just more... I'm thankful that I'm here. I'm actually surprised that I'm pretty much, I feel like I'm pretty much normal, you know. But has it, 
now that you look back and now that you're actually in the planning stage, right? It's it's second semester at schools, right? Um, you're a behavioral therapist, so um, with your clientele and being that most of the clientele are during the school year is why I was getting at the school seats, right? And then you have that break in the middle because that's when schools are in and schools are out, right? Do you see that your planning has either you've gone from like, hey, I'm planning five years out to I'm planning 10 years out, or you are you you condensing your plans that you had 10 years out and you're bringing those in? Like, how yeah. has that affected yeah. how, you, how you see the future? I've never been, plans are? I've never been a 10 year dude. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. don't, I don't trust time. Like, I don't, I don't really believe in time, but I know we have to abide by it. Yeah, it's a measure. I, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, it, it's, like, to put it this way, if there was never a clock, I'd still know when it's dark and when it's not. Mm-hmm. And based on my time of the day, like, I've always been the guy that looks at the shadow, and then I can kind of tell you what time it is, you know? Right. Um. So, time-wise, I think, add stress. <laughs> I'm always into that. I told you behavior. It's like mm-hmm. the first thing that goes in my head. And it's like, why do, Why is everybody on a schedule? Because time and time again, we've learned you schedule the news, you schedule a game, guy falls out in the game, game is canceled. You're not planning for that. Right. Right. You know, you can go to a baseball game. There's an earthquake in San Francisco. Game's canceled. Everybody all of a sudden their plans are survival it's not about you know oh i have to do this at this time and this at this and i have this many years because you can you can be five weeks from retirement find out you have cancer right and right and all that money you just saved up and your house now goes to an entity that really doesn't care about you and then when you die where is it going anyway like, that's, like, that's that's what estate planning is for but if i find out i have cancer man i'm living it up you see so while i'm so, fighting so there's no use you know me though my financial planner was like hey what how much money you want to save for your kids <laughs> like, it's not my job to save money for my kids it's my job to make sure i set them up for success seems, and then not yeah. be a burden to them when i get get older and if they choose to take care of me they choose to take care of me but i want to make sure that i have enough to be set up that's my yeah so and i'm not i'm not gonna live like a hermit in my twilight years because i'm trying to save money for somebody else yeah uh, i my plan is like well let me put it this way once the lausd thing happened that derailed my life like like completely Mm -hmm. but it also made me do tattoos it made me do this they made me really compartmentalize my fear of not being able to generate enough clients for motivational speaking, like looking the way I do. Right. And within six months of me putting my name out there, that happened. Right. So I don't, I never really planned anyway, but it it was, it was always like, I know what I want to do, but how I get there, I just follow the road. Like if it's, if it's, I'm doing something and then like I get sick. I had the um the documentary, right? Right. It's, right. It's still it's still there. But those people weren't waiting for me. They're right. I, I was sick. So I have to rework it in my head. And that way when I go, 
Like I still talk to Keith Murray. I, I got Eric Sermon finally, mm -hmm. um, and a couple other people. And then I have like a director that I'm talking to that worked with Taj and, um, he was Alicia Keys director. Right. So I'm trying to get him in, in on it. Now the time frame, yeah, everything is shorter, like within a year. Well, let's, let's rewind for a minute. Right. Cause you said once you put your stuff out there, like yourself out there and you start building clientele, what have you, I think it's important for anyone. Right. That's why you, like, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in you. Once you put something out in the atmosphere, then it's there. Right. Whether it's an idea, that's why you keep those ideas to yourself or whatever, yeah. because as soon as you say, Hey, it'd be cool if we do this, then you'll see somebody else come down the road. And it's like, you know, and I know that's just an illusion because, you know, it's not like you said something and it whispered through, you know, <laughs> somewhere. And then somebody's like, Oh, that's a great idea. But um, when you are intentional about telling people what you need, what your plans are and how you plan to get there, then all of a sudden there's power in knowledge, right? Um, think about looking for an apartment, for example, and you all of a sudden let people, Hey, yeah, you know, I'm looking for a new place. You know what I mean? And so-and-so knows so-and-so. Oh, I know somebody over here. It's got a two bedroom. They're about to move out. Um, you can just move slide right in. Perfect is rent control, whatever. But in that house, that apartment may have never been on the market. Right. Right. Because, but because you said something now, all of a sudden that person is like listening and they're looking out or what have you. So mirror that to what, you, what you're doing. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to start consulting. You know, I want to start seeing more clientele. You've got your pricing matrix together. You've got your offerings together. Now people know when they start, Hey, you know, you do really well with so-and-so with little Susie. I'd like for you to talk to Johnny over here. Do you do work after? outside of school yeah of course i do work out of school then that word of mouth starts to fall but if people don't know then they don't know right. so as soon as you start as soon as you put in the atmosphere as soon as you as soon as you say something about it then you know it it kind of just dominoes on itself and it's up to you to make it successful or crash and burn because people will give you the opportunity we live in a society like human beings inherently they want to be the ones that are in the the know like i'm the one that hooked and so oh i know this person that can do x y and z i know this person oh you need a car go talk to my dude over yeah, here the, the plug. Right? it's that self you know that makes people feel good it gets that you know those endorphins going it gets you just that natural high like hey i you know I'm, I'm important i'm able to do such and that's and i'm not saying that everyone is built and wired that way to always be like hey i'm always looking out for myself and trying to you know have somebody look back and be like hey thank you thank you ed appreciate you no it's just a matter of like you know, you, you want that feeling of, Hey, I was able to help. So that's just natural in human beings. So that's like a, that's like a philanthropist. Yeah. You know, like to me, I'm more like a, like a healer. I think I look at myself as someone that I strive to enlighten people on what I see from them, because we mm -hmm. like how you said perception. Like I've known you 24 years or whatever it is. Right. Right. And there's always going to be something I don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause you have your life and then you have the life that you know me in and you have your life on your own. Right. So like, right. like if you uh, had a stomach ache and you were trying to like man up on it, 
if I'm a sensitive person, I'm able to say, hey, dude, like, go home, you know, or go mm-hmm. to the bathroom, whatever it is. Right. Because you're homing in on, like, your vibe. You know what I mean? Like, you're, like, you know the person, what they're feeling. You know what it does? Right. That make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I, I get you. I get you for sure. But I, I, I just wanted to, to bring that point up that when you make a conscious decision to to put that out in the atmosphere, that that's what you want to do, that's what you're trying to do, and you start, not only you putting effort to it, your circle will put effort into it also, right? Not, not and even subconsciously, they'll put effort into it. Not, not always like, hey, hey, you got to talk to, you got to talk to Mr. Todd. It's, it's like, you know, oh, I was talking to Todd the other day and whoop, whoop, you know, he's trying to do X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. Not even intentionally trying to get a client just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he does that. I didn't know he does that. Oh, oh. I, you know, I, I was talking to someone the other day that needs some help. You know, give me his information. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it just organically like starts to your, happen. Throwing your name in the uh, in the arena. How you say yeah, it? for sure. Like, when you're naming the hat. Throwing your hat in the ring. Yeah, something like that. Something like that, yeah. But I, 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 um, I don't plan much because I'm more like things that happen to me. You've been around me long enough to know like the weirdest things happen to me. So mm-hmm. it makes me say th- there's definitely a trajectory for me. And I've met people that have told me when you turn 51, that's the year. Mm-hmm. Even your dad, I, I tell you, I still have that piece of paper. And when he wrote on it. And he was like, you just wait. And I thought, how do these people see this? Right. Right. But when I speak to people, like I have a former boss that told me at way after, I'm talking like almost 10 years of working with her. She said, we were just talking one day about life. And she was like, I didn't know you came from the Bronx. I didn't know you had that kind of life. She's like, I thought you grew up in like, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, really? Well, we'll give you that idea. She's like, you're very, um, like, stately. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know how to speak. She's like, but you but you have this edge to you. And she's like, you just don't, you can tell, like, don't mess with you, <laughs> you know? And she goes, but you're intelligent about it. And because I used to tell off our boss, and she was my supervisor. But um, I would say say something to him, but I say it respectfully. But I would say it in a way like, you know, that I know you're bullshitting me, but don't bullshit me. I don't care how many people are here, right? Like, I've had a number of people tell me, oh, you have a crazy way of telling people like, off with a smile on your face. And I'm like, I don't look at it as I'm trying to do that. I'm just, that's what I mean by it is what it is. So, (laughs) so I tend to, I plan like, okay. I want, I want this documentary done by summer. Am I really on that course? Nah. Can I get on that course? Yeah. But everything has to align. So I learn instead of stressing about aligning it, I just take my time with the relationships that I align. Mm-hmm. And then I can put everything where I need it to go when I need it to go. Right. And, you know, the rest is luck. But yeah, like with my kids, like you said, like I, if I die or when I die, I'm not thinking like, oh, I'm going to have millions of dollars for my kids because I didn't have millions of dollars. They should know how to make millions of dollars. They should know how to 
uh, maximize their worth. They should know how to it, it not even work. Like they should know how to earn money by their intelligence. Well, you, you, you help them, you give them the tools, but you also help them learn how to fish. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so tools plus, you know, the ability to go get it. Right. Yeah. If you do that, that's setting them up for success. Yeah. Then it doesn't matter what you leave them because they'll, they'll be crabs coming out of the barrel. They'll get out of the barrel. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So. But then there's that other side of me that I'm like, I feel like a failure in a lot of things that I do because I haven't like, I just talked about this today at school. I had said, um, I was given the years and I was like, mine is COVID 2018, 2019. I was taking my test and I said, there's seven disciplines. So you take three tests. So out of the three tests, I took each one two to three times. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's six. Yeah. Six tests. Right. Up to nine right now. Right. And when you you think about the money is one thing, the time is a whole nother beast. Right. Right. And then the memorization of what you have to like purge of your life to put this information in, to regurgitate it. Right. When it really doesn't matter. (laughs) It's like your psyche, you start psyching yourself out. So for me, it's like, like I plan, but I, planned it to like, oh, I should have been in my 15th year clear. Well, then I would have had to have known 20 plus years ago. Oh, well, I didn't have to take this test 20 plus years ago. I could have just signed the papers. Nobody told me that. Right. So someone else will say, well, you have to ask. Well, my sister was a teacher. She didn't tell me, oh, you can just sign up and that's it. Right. No. So I learned like everybody else, like you learn the hard way. And then I was doing behavior therapy for 10 years. So I lost 10 years alone, but I gained the knowledge, right? And that's what made me not plan so much because I work with volatile kids. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can plan all you want to. <laughs> when somebody throws a desk, it's all out the window, you know? But there's, there's a difference though with not planning and being prepared. I'd say yeah, I'm you can say that prepared. you're not you're not planning, but you are prepared. Always prepared. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So I know how to get there. So I'm going to use this as a break. We'll be right back with Stories and Solutions. This is Mr. Todd. Today's episode is sponsored by Tat T-Shirts. Conversation clothing to make you think. Tat. T-A-T-T hyphen. T-E-E shirts.com or on the gram at tat, T-A-T-T underscore T-double-E shirts. Hey, we're back. This is Stories and Solutions. I'm Mr. Todd, and I have my co-host here, Eddie. What's and, going uh, on? <laughs> take it away. How's everybody doing today? That's what I'm talking about. Nah, man, I'm glad you invited me on, man. It's, it's been a couple weeks for me, you know what I mean? So um, it's good to talk to my brother and uh, just top it up about some situations, reminisce about where you are. It's almost your year anniversary. Um, 
when you had your medical issue and I'm glad to see you doing your thing healthy and uh yeah that's it man I mean, I don't want to get too too down in the in the depth the rabbit of hole. of uh you know how we felt about it we already talked about that but um yeah I'm glad you go I know we were talking about this a little bit earlier when you when you invited me on uh, you asked me if I had anything that like that I had on my heart or you know on my mind that's been going on and and recently um I've you know I'm a member of the of a particular club in town that that helps helps youth and what I'm seeing I have a 17 year old son what I'm seeing with you know some of his peers are you know them going into continuation school because they're struggling with you know being the general we won't call it gym pop like it's prison but you know the general population of school and these these kids have really struggled with those two years of the pandemic and not being able to be in school there's actually second grader i was talking to someone the other day there's second graders that are just learning their letters because they've never been in school Right. Well, yeah. They, yeah. They weren't in school through kindergarten or first grade. Um, so yeah, it's my now, <laughs> yeah, I talked She's to an administrator. First year. Yeah. I talked to an administrator that was telling me from a, from a social impact that the behaviors that they're seeing normally kids go through in seventh and eighth grade, they're now seeing in ninth and 10th grade. So the administrators and the teachers in high school are having to deal with the whole different dynamic that they're not used to right getting kids to sit down and you know not play grab ass in the yard and stuff like that because they're you know they're not used to it yet they're emotionally immature so that all leads to we're going to have a section of kids that just aren't prepared to go to college and traditionally to a traditional college and traditionally that's been the machine right you go through school your counselor is trying to get you to the next level, whether it's community college, university, right? And it's it's rarely a push for the guy or the gal who just like, hey, I want to be an auto mechanic or I want to be a, an electrician. These are great skills that our society needs that pay well, right? Mm-hmm. If you get ASC certified, for example, OSHA 30, OSHA, OSHA 10, you know, certified welders so forth and so on and you can make good money right out of the gate right and not have that college debt uh but we know how the machine has been worked traditionally it's been you get out of school you get a student loan you go to school for four years most of the kids don't even do what they went to school for because university or college is to build your it's just not taught right to me when you go to school it's yes, you can gain the that piece of paper and that knowledge, but it's if the primary goal for school is what I tell my son is to build your professional network. That's it. It's not it's not necessarily what you do in that school. For example, if you will go to USC, which is down the street from us, right? Great alumni association, right? You gr- graduate from there, you go to there, you're in the club, mm-hmm. and then you can reach out to different people, right? You go to Anderson Anderson business school at UCLA, you're in the club, right? So that's what that's about. But not everybody, 
you know, has that aptitude or that drive to want to go through school. Not everybody's a great student. So yeah, I, can, I was going to say, ironically, I teach, but I'm terrible test taker. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it creates um, anxiety. I think that's what we were talking about earlier. Right. Like, like you know, but that's what they're created for. It's, mm -hmm. it, it, it makes money. <laughs> right. So and that, and, that, and is it know. really is it really testing you on the important things, right? We've talked about this in the past. Like the classes they should be teaching in school is, you know, mortgage one on one or how to buy a car one oh two, whatever you want to call it, because those are the two largest purchases most of us are gonna make in our lifetime. You know, buying a house or 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 a commercial building or buying a vehicle and nobody wants to talk about that. How do you negotiate? Can you negotiate a rent? Can you negotiate a insurance policy? Right? How do you shop around for that kind of stuff? So I just think that I know I started this off talking about vocation versus university, but as a whole, I just think that uh, we are not doing our our youngsters a service. Right? We're actually doing them a disservice by not having these open, honest conversations with them and having them go into debt because of what used to be a dream, right? During the pandemic, I know several parents that were actually paying dorm fees for kids that couldn't go to class because the school mandated that they take they, they keep that or they would lose the room. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but you can, if you get a lawyer, they're gonna make them cease. And... Uh, yeah, I got you, but I'm just saying that that's the kind of stuff that's going on, right? So imagine if, you don't have the money to send your child to school, but it's always been your dream. Like, oh, that's the first one of our family to go to, to go to college, right? Johnny wants to be an engineer. So you're going to go into debt as a parent because that's not only his dream, it's your dream. And you, you want to put your, your, your son's best, you know, in, their, in the best position forward, right? It just doesn't have to be that way if it doesn't have to be that way. There are going to be a percentage of people like, hey, that's my guy. I always want to be an engineer. I want to be bio scientist or whatever. And they can only do certain things. I want to study. Pandemic was just now. There's going to be a lot of chemists that want, you know, that are going to be creating these things, right? Biologists or what have you, because they want, they see a need and they want to feel that need. There's going to be that, that passionate few, but you could probably tell me how many people, you know, I have a cousin that went to law school, doesn't practice law. You know, I, I know people that have studied medicine don't practice medicine but they got that 200 and something thousand dollars worth of debt mm -hmm. right and now they're working an office job over here so i think at, and at the basics and i know i'm a little all over the map but i think at the basics if we started talking to kids about what they're good at what are you good at in your peer group what are you good at are you the person that gets everybody together right if you guys are going to the movies or whatever are you the person that plans it are you the person that make sure that all the snacks are put together. If you guys are having a sleepover, are you the person that, you know, is always the one that brings everybody outdoors or are you the person that, you know, plans, you know, Hey, we're going to go watch star Wars one through six before it comes. Star Wars 18 comes out or whatever. You know what I mean? Are you that person? But so, you have to, you have to a lot for the people that say, um, I don't know what I'm good at. No, but that's my, well, that too. However, everybody is good at something. And that's what I'm saying. Not, we used to ask the question, 
what do you want to be when you grow up right and you would oh, i want to be a policeman i want to uh, be a astronaut, whatever. right right astronaut whatever if you ask what are you good at number one right doesn't have to be a complicated answer right you're good at reading people you're good at you know um behavior behavioral things that are behavior you you have emotional intelligence right you know that from the gate so maybe then you go and say okay well I'm, if i'm good at reading people i'm going to go and figure out what jobs take that skill set and i can maximize my earning or whatever in that skill set so you look at it and you go oh i can be a behavioral therapist i can be a psychologist i can be a mft i can be a doctor i can be whatever and then you go and you take those jobs and you go all right, let me go talk to these five, somebody in these five professions, right? So the school or the advisor or whoever, your parents, whatever, help you go, okay, let's, I go, let's go talk to Dr. So-and-so. How long did it take you to become? I had to go to undergrad four years. I had to go, you know, to my, get my master's, took me three years, and I had to do my internship. So nine years down the road, and I'm making minimum for a doctor. Now, 15 years down the road, I'm still paying my school loans and doing such and such. You could look at them and be like, well, you know what? I'm not good at taking tests. I don't like school that much. I'm not going to do nine out, you know, seven years of school. So that's out, right? Okay, I'm going to, I can be an MFT. All right, that's only going to take me this much. I can do four years. Or I can be behavioral therapist, right? I can do some training over here, get a certification, whatever. Okay, I think I'm just going to be a behavioral therapist. They make $75,000 a year, right? I can live in you know, either central California or I can live in Chicago, wherever I want to live. And then, you know, that money will take me pretty far. I can live in Dallas, whatever. You can make a more educated decision off of that. You don't have to go in the hog. You need, you need people like the way you say you're setting up your kids, like how, like we both have said, we'll teach them how to fish. Right. Right. But you have, broken families that one's absent and then the it doesn't necessarily mean that the one that's absent is the one that the kid went to for information right you know what i mean like you can have an uncle or whatever but if you don't have those components and those that kid or kids are around like a lot of cousins or around like like street friends Mm-hmm. Those options aren't there. Well, no, let's flip it on its head, I mean? though. Let's flip it on its head. We were talking about vocations, right? So I have I, a client. I, I went to one. Yeah, I have a client that owns a telecommunications company, wireless telecommunications construction company, right? So all the time, I have two clients there. So all the time, the whole time, they're always looking for electricians. They're looking for linemen, right? They're looking for people who want to work on DAS, on fiber, and they train. So take that same person that doesn't have that influence, doesn't know, right? Doesn't know. And they think, I got to go work at McDonald's part-time and Cane's part-time or Subway, or I can go work at Target, right? Or because they don't know that they can work from six to six to four, four days a week, be off, have three day, three day weekends every weekend, right? make whatever they can make more than what they're over there work full time with benefits. Right. Because we're always pushing them to either you either go because the way it is right now, you either go to college or 
you get your GED or your high school diploma and you just go find a job somewhere and like Target, whatever, you know, somebody you might know somebody, they might give you a plug, you work in an office somewhere. But there, there's a reason for that. And like they want to narrow the competition because you have a 1%, right? And that's maybe going to move to 2% of like people that are wealthy in the United States. So they already feel you have a population overload. Well, true. But even if you're one of those 1% or 2%, right? Not, I'm not saying that everyone needs to be a boss. What I'm saying is because you need worker bees, right? Not everybody can be a, a CEO, right? And there's nothing wrong with being a worker bee because, you know, we play to our strengths, right? And then once you gain that knowledge, then you can try to be a boss if you want to be. But I, I know plenty of people are like, hey, I'm going to work my nine to five. I'm going to contribute to my 401k. I'm going to retire and I'll be good. Then there's other people who are like, hey, I'm going to start my business, right? I'm going to take chances. I might fail a time or two, but I have enough faith in myself that if I fail, I can either go get a job and then I'm going to try again, mm -hmm. right? Or I'm going to fail and I'm going to start something else up, whatever. They play the game. And then there's people that are just like, oh, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to, you know, I'll just keep going job to job because I want to be free. And then there's the far extreme, which is just like, hey, I'm just going to be homeless. I'm going to live off. The, you know what I mean? But yeah, off the we, we need we need worker bees. So I'm not saying that everyone needs to be a boss. What I'm saying is that 1%, 2% still should be incentivizing these type of things because you need those. As a matter of fact, one of the members of my club, they own a, a plumbing business or something of that nature, and they have a hard time finding plumbers. These jobs are everywhere, right? Well, because everybody can get work online. Well, yeah, but my, my thing is, I think I think that the delusion of if you're not graduating college and doing something with that degree or, you know, then you are not worthy of, you know, doing like having this, having a decent job, a decent wage or whatever. You're a failure to some extent, you know, societally. Right. And I just I think I, I've seen where multiple people are like the, the tide is changing at least along the among the people that I've talked to because we're trying to help kids all the time right it's um but I just I just don't see that it that wave is, is strong enough right I, I don't see it strong enough um but is you, that no offense but like is it in your area or all areas no I, I see it in I see it in in all areas like and, and, and I'll, I'll take it a step further they're talking about this whole uh, loan repayment, right? It's, it's gone through Congress. It's not going to pass. But anyway, it's like Biden has promised, you know, and, and Kamala has talked about this stuff, right? So what about the people who didn't go to school but took out loans to start their business? You see what I'm saying, right? Or the people who took out loans for someone else and they paid those loans off, right? So, or the people who paid off their loans ahead of time because they're trying to be good you know like yeah, do then, the best then, they can and then they'll so, say well i should have not paid it because this is right 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 so let me ask you this because we've had this side conversation before right and i feel like i'm really all over the map but it is what it is if you told me i have i have a bachelor's degree i have a master's degree and i have a grad cert right i'm fortunate that i was in the military i don't owe anything right loan repayment program 
I served. I got I was in during 9-11, so I got post 9-11 GI Bill. I, I have no complaint because I don't have any debt. Right. But if I did have debt and I'm working as a consultant now. Right. I'm a business strategist. I, I own my own company. But you told me that I had to go pick up trash on the five freeway. That if I went and picked up trash on the five freeway for a certain amount of time, right, and you would pay a third of my school loan off, right? Yeah, you go pick up trash for a year, you know, for six months, you know, 10 hours a month for six months, I'll pay a third of your school year off, right? There's yeah, not a lot of people, that's okay. Not, six six that, months, yeah. 10 hours a month. No, but, but, but my point is, there's not a lot of people that want to do that. They want a handout. See what I'm saying? But that's this generation. This generation right, right, is right, all right. about, about my, entitlement. Right. So if you're giving something back to the system to get something for the taxpayers, then that's one thing, right? And I don't even know how I got on this subject, but now I'm going to just go with it. If you tell somebody that you're going to do that, say you're an attorney, right? And you're, you're a good defense attorney and we're going to pay off your school loans, but you got to go work pro bono and represent some of these guys, you know, or these 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 people in prison right mm -hmm. and the state doesn't have to pay for a defense attorney the city does the county doesn't have to pay for a defense attorney that's kind of a reciprocal arrangement right like okay well we're not paying out to do that you're taking care of that burden so if we take that money it's just a transfer of funds it's different than just a handout you know what i'm saying it's like anyway, bartering, bartering. Yeah, it's like bartering. But anyway, my point was getting back to um, getting back to the jobs and, and our societal things. The reason why I got on all that is because of the, the loans that are being accumulated because of us, you know, societally saying, hey, you need to go to college, even if you don't know what you're going to do. Right. Even if you don't know what you're going to do, you, you should go to college. OK, well, maybe go to vocational school and you get a trade while you're trying to figure out what you're doing. Maybe I, I, I went to Pierce and I got my AA. A, a. West and Valley then, too, right? Yeah. And then I went to West Valley for um, automotive mm -hmm. and I went and I went the whole way. Like I learned, I got certified in almost everything. ASE? Yeah. So for like um, alignment, brakes, uh, engine performance and um, suspension. What did that afford you when you were done though? Afford, by afford you, I mean, what options did you have? I became the manager at uh, Pep Boys. Mm -hmm. So that back then, making 35000 was good. Right. Right? Right. Um, that's why I said I feel like I went backwards. Mm -hmm. This teaching, I'm like almost back where I was before. It's but like, fast forward that, right? So 35000 uh -huh. in the 90s at Pep Boys. Right. Yeah. Right. And Parnelli. And, and you started, that was your starting, but you, you made more at, at the end. Um, I started off at then, 17 an hour. I was mm -hmm. a, um, a parts, uh, manager. Right. And then I, I managed parts first and then they transferred me to another store and then they made me a, um, assistant store manager. And then they gave me the store manager position, but I was, I, I don't know if I knew you yet. I think I did. I met you when you were at Parnelli in okay. 97, I think. Yeah. Okay. So then I, I, um, this would have been like 98. 
I was working like 60 hours a week. Mm -hmm. So the what it didn't afford me was no one taught me like, oh, you you get bonuses. No one told me. So right. because I was assistant store manager, they're taking the bonuses. They're not giving me anything. Right. So my, mm -hmm. my pay is lower, but it made me, <laughs> I can say it because there's no Parnelli, but I used to close Parnelli at like six. I wait an hour. And then at seven o'clock, I had like two or three clients come through mm -hmm. and we'd lower their cars and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Yeah. For sure. I was making more money doing that than I was making working all day. Mm -hmm. And I made more money at Parnelli than I did, um, at Pet Boys. Pet Boys, I was 17 an hour. And at that time, that was decent. And um, Parnelli, I was like 25. But the skills that you learn, right? At West Valley. Whether you, yeah, at West Valley, whether you did that on the side or you worked full time at, at Parnelli and then afterwards you did it at your house, you lowered cars or whatever you did. It's still something that afforded you a skill that transfers, a skill that travels, right? Yeah, you can do. You can work travel anywhere. Now, fast forward, right? And I'm not saying that your education, your masters, or your bachelor's, your bachelor's, masters, both. I don't have a master's. Oh, uh, your your bachelor's is not valuable because you learn certain things, but you're, but fast forward to your bachelor's, you still had to work in a and not even hypothetical like you still had to prove more with your bachelor's knowledge like hey i got this bachelor's in project project management what, what is your bachelor's in uh my management marketing management marketing right so now it's like you still gotta start at the bottom right and work your way but where if you have because it's not a skill that's transferable unless you're already doing that before and then you got the paper to substantiate it which would get you a raise right so it's still you having to put in more work after you paid out to do it well all i'm oh, saying is which, is which is worth it right because you you if you're going to do something that you love and you're going to put the time and effort into it, it's worth it all i'm saying is that you can get a, a skill that travels in a shorter period of time make a good living and then still figure out if you want to go to school or not yeah, right. I, I would do that. I would suggest not going to college and doing vocational if you're a person that has imagination, um, you're good with your hands, if you're a person that's a hands on person, mm -hmm. um, or if you like computers, because right now, like tech is booming, so right. you don't you don't need college for that. Mm -hmm. Most of most of the job interviews that I've gone for. Um, I only get interviews on this Zoom thing, but they they're all telling me the same thing. Like if you possess a skill, they don't really care about like where the skill comes from. Mm -hmm. They care if you're able to uh, work within their parameters. Like the faster you can catch on to their parameters, that means you had to have learned what's now. So I have a marketing uh, management degree but I'm not going to know the lingo today that they use versus what yesteryear was. Right. But, but the knowledge of how to market, you can't touch me. Like, like that's my thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Same thing with management. I'm a guy that like 
puts things in order. Right. You know, like I know, like, okay, this will get you here. This will get you here. Right. That, that I think is more of my personality versus I went to school for that. I went to school for that because I didn't know what I was going to do. Right. And, and at the time I was like, okay, well, I know business. Like that's like what you were talking about earlier. Like I know business, but mm -hmm. I also didn't go back to get my bachelor's until I was in my thirties. Like I had an AA, but right. I had my, you know, and I had my, my ASEs, which expire. But as far as being a behavior therapist, I have like a bazillion certifications, right? Well, that doesn't matter either. Cause over time you still have to keep getting right. recertified, right? So I have what, 20 years plus of experience. So it's a matter of people, if they say, that's why I said without my master's, because people will say, well, I want to see paper and then they're willing to pay you versus, wow, you have 20 plus years. Right. You know? So the book smarts um, to me are more useless because you can't teach a kid. I say a kid because your brain isn't developed till you're 25. Mm -hmm. So why do we have them making these decisions on that? You're allowing them to smoke you're at 18, right? Um, you allow, you, you allow them to vote. You allow the them war. to go to war. You allow them to be cops. And you allow them to do so many things that by time you say, and this is a touchy subject, but like, think about this. They're trying to get you to have talk LGBTQ uh, plus or whatever it is now in schools. And I have no issues with them, but I do say, I think it's pretty stupid to say a child should be able to uh, decide what gender they want to be mm -hmm. at that age. But you have to be 18 and drive a car or 16 to drive a car, but you can tell you which sex you want to be, or you have to be 18 to vote and have an opinion. But at six and seven years old, you can say you want to be a boy or a girl. Right. No, you should be able to say that's a play thing. And that's what you're doing right now. And then when you turn a certain well, I age. Think, I think if you put it on its basis um, when it comes to schools, right? I, I don't think it matters how you feel about it either way, but that should be a parental thing. Schools, that's what I'm saying. Schools shouldn't have the, 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 it's not the place to teach, you know, kids about that at that age. Um, but I want to go back to something that you said before, because I have a bachelor's, I have a master's degree in, um, in project management, right. And I have an MBA project management. I remember vividly, I was on the sidewalk, uh, with, I used to work for Verizon, I worked for Verizon wireless for 16 years. I was a manager on the network side. I remember talking to our executive director on a sidewalk one time and he was, you know, chatting me up and he's going, Hey, you know, what, what's going on with you and the family? Boop, boop, boop. And I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about going back to school. Um, I'm looking at um, getting into uh, the Anderson School of Business at UCLA. And I was like, but I just have to take the test and see, you know, get placement and so forth and so on. And he looked at me and he goes, dude, he said, look at me. I was like, yeah, what's going on? How's the next house? He's like, I don't give a shit if you get your, your master's from UEI, right? He said, I don't care. The important thing is that you get your degree so that I can hire you. I already know you can do the job. You're doing the job right now, right? If you want to make it to the next level, do it in a way that suits your lifestyle. You have two kids. 
you've got a family life. So you obviously can't take on like this huge load, right? You're working full time, going whatever. So look around at schools that, that end up, um, that are fit your lifestyle and still get you where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that because when I, when I started to look around and I ended up, I ended up graduating from Keller graduate school of management. Um, but it, it was conducive to my lifestyle. I could go after hours. I could, you know, it was, uh, I could, it was a bunch of other professionals that are working with me instead of a bunch of college students that were, you know, that are putting it, you know, that have time to go after school and study for six hours when I don't have that time. Right. I remember vividly that he told me that and I followed through with that and it was in it when it worked out. Um, yeah. Well, I, I was, I brought up that whole thing that ended up segueing into the LGBTQ thing mm-hmm. was because the education is based on like, it shouldn't be based on just, uh, for example, I'm, I work with special needs people, right? Mm-hmm. So you can teach all you want to in a book, but right. if there was, a, but if there was a trade school that I would say, be a behavior therapist first is to sit in the back and you're able to take data and obviously try to help when the kid is or human uh that's an adult is uh in need of help right right you can't teach that in a book right and 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 i can tell you because i worked on both sides like i'm teaching now but i still do behavior therapy all day long right right and whatever i'm teaching the practice that you put into it is what makes you learn. You know how you say, if I'm going to learn a golf swing, mm-hmm. you have to, you have to have a certain posture. We have, um, on Wednesdays, there's a, a karate guy that comes out and he teaches the kids karate at the school. You have to learn respect. You have to learn to be able to follow the, the rules, right? Right. That's what school should be. The school shouldn't have anything to do with the way you look, if it had to do with your opinions on things and you say, oh, I want to go to, I want to be a fashion designer. You, you should have, when I was growing up, you had counselors, guidance counselors that would say, oh, well, you like that? You should go to a trade school, mm-hmm. FIDM, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. And then they bring you into the office and then they have certain representatives that come there and then they talk to you and you go from there right? That filter is going away because just like all this other bullshit with uh, politics, there's lobbying. And that lobbying is, think about it. If you had to close every trade school versus closing universities, which one would you do economically? Uh, Universities. See, people would trick. Most people would take the trade school because there's less of, less of. You're giving, you're getting rid of of jobs. If if you shed all those people that are in universities to trade schools, then it would just create another monster. But ultimately in society, we still need people to build things. We still need people to, we uh, ultimately you need blue collar to make stuff happen. That's why they're making robots. Well, you need blue collar. So you can have, you can have an architect all day put together like, Hey, this is how this building's going to be. This is how we're going to run the plumbing sewage over here, 16 bathrooms, 18 floors, whatever. But you're still got to have somebody to actually put the pieces. So you need both is what I'm saying. But yeah, I would close universities because you would put the money into other stuff. It would go into infrastructure, it would go to other stuff. But that's a different discussion. 
I was going to say that school should be an incubation, a thought incubator, right? I always, uh, you know, that I was applying for adjunct professorships, um, and then I just stopped applying because I had I, I got busy at my company. But I always said that I would I would teach a class on the song Little Ash G by Ice Cube. That would be the song. Like we would go like the thesis would be that song. Like we would go over that song and we would say like honestly, like of all the stuff that he's saying, so I would just do it off of music. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well what does this mean? And how does this how would this impact take into account how this if this song was written today or if it was written in the eighties? Like, you know what I mean? I would go that and if you do that, right, and you have the students think my my son is taking a a film class where they're going over, you know, writing and, you know, how he'll, he'll never watch a movie the same again because of the way that he, this, this teacher is, is t showing him, you know, Hey, this movie is too long because of X and, you know, this character development was, you know, da, 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 and it foamed into here. And what did the American psyche build into this? Why is this so popular? Like all this stuff. But I think people learn more when you drop them in the middle of something they're familiar with. Right. That, and then that you they're see, familiar with or not familiar with. They are familiar with. But you drop somebody in some and you make them seen in a different light. I remember uh, I had a teacher in the 10th grade who played uh, Hotel California for us. Right. And I think we spent like three weeks on this song. And the first thing he played the song, and he said, what is the song about? Right. Yeah, that's in my playlist. Yeah. So we know Hotel California is about drugs and, you know, you know whatever. But as adolescents we we're like oh it's about a vacation it's about a, da, da, da. right so he just let us run with these things and he put us in groups all the people that think it's like this you guys get in groups and like what lines make it seem like this blah blah, blah. we go through this whole thing get three four or five different thoughts and you know like why are our guesses correct and why it's about this and so forth and so on and remember this before internet like really like you're going to get in the internet and watch stuff and giving away our age but anyway, um, before all that, and so now we get to the end of this stuff where he's having us write papers and all this stuff. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's about drugs. Da, 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 da. Now rewrite your papers based on that. So now it's like, wow, mind blown, right? Like now you take, how are you going to take what you wrote, those same ideas, right? And, and, just, and, trans and just transfer it to this, now this, this different subject you can use those same ideas because it's the same emotions the same feelings the same description but yeah. you're going to have to change this but he didn't tell us okay you can do that in the beginning he was just like okay now rewrite a paper or do la da, da da right so we start writing in class second class let me see what you got and he's like so now two days later why would you do that why don't you just take these same feelings aren't they the same feelings and emotions couldn't you just change you know yeah. um vacation to sensation or drug you know what i mean or you know inhibition or whatever the case is and have the same paper you see what i'm saying yeah that taught us like in a full circle how to perceive things like thought, perceptions aren't always reality right people mm -hmm. think differently societally the same person that's here thinks differently than you are right here right don't work so hard when you don't have to you know what i mean it's it, he taught us so many lessons i remember that teacher to this day because of the way that he when, and it was all about that song. 
you know you, you know one man? of the first thing one of the first classes i took was journalism and um and film so i had at mm. pierce at pierce right. college i had journalism first that was my first class and then i had um a finance class and i forget what the other one was but and then my fourth class was or the last class of the day was um film so you had that's how i got into like alfred hitchcock mm -hmm. and and i man i've watched every black and white silent film all that and that angry made, man yeah like i yes, sir. it made me learn like how to like do my music how to interpret feelings without hearing my voice mm -hmm. because I, I was never trying to be a singer no not even a rapper like I can do I I can rhyme but I'm not that's not what I do um or if I do poetry it's not something I just do right like I'm not like oh that's what I'm gonna do 24 7 right right but I still have to interpret something well before now you know 20 plus years ago that was music so I was able to look at the movements of them and see like when when the crescendo of the emotion of the scene and it's like it took this much time and mm -hmm. my thought process of the song is based off of that so I learned composing through film yeah 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 that's cool and and Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson but they're yeah. probably probably they're probably my biggest influences because that's actually how I I used to look at um back of CDs and or albums back when I grew up <laughs> album mm -hmm. and I actually had a book where I wrote like who I was going to work with one day and I had Quincy Jones I used to pretend that uh he was on the other side of the wall mm -hmm. and I'm working and I'm like this has to be good enough that he can hear this through the wall right 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 you know and that was like a thing and then i listened to how they layered like george michael through, through the wall or off the wall off the wall but i'm yeah oh yeah but he has to hear it <laughs> i just mess with you man yeah that's awesome so yeah so no i think uh to, to more or less wrap up what you were saying was i think vocational first just to get a life skills right because if you do get fired or laid off for whatever reason in a white collar job, then you can become blue collar. You can also become blue collar enough to say, I enjoy doing this. I'm Jay Leno, although I'm, I know I'm the boss. Well, also remember what you were saying about um, if you're a hands-on person, mm -hmm. a lot of times, and I'm not saying this is all the time, but because there are creative jobs that's but there is a satisfaction you get from actually building something yourself or seeing. And I know designers get this too. Hey, I got the design, but you still have to wait for somebody to, to make your building be like, Oh yeah, that's how exactly how I felt like it was. You know what I mean? And you can build something yourself you can mold clay, or you can, you know, take apart a transmission or, you know, you, you build a cell site and, you know, all of a sudden there's no service in an area and now all of a sudden there's service in an area. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. It's, it's very, very satisfying, but there is, there is the downside to going vocational only. And I'm a, I'm a product of this, right? Because I, although I didn't go vocational only, 
I went, I got my bachelor's degree, electronic engineering, ITT tech, right? Six to 10 every day, three years done, right? Um, but it wasn't that collegiate, like build relationship type thing as professionals coming in, you know, working and then bounce. It's not that camaraderie. Yeah. And, you know, and then when I got my math, my MBA, it was the same thing. It was professionals coming in. My grad cert, same thing. So there is something to be said for building that professional network that you only get in a setting like a university because you, especially if you live on campus or, you know, near campus and you, you know, and that's what you do, a full-time student, what have you, and you're going to football games and you're going to rushes and you're doing all that stuff. That's you build those relationships that last, you know, along like because you have time for those those relationships to mature mm-hmm. over that time period and that's what you missed out on the other side so you have to build those relationships outside of that or in addition to it but you have to put more time and effort into those relationships to get these long-standing relationships so i'll say for myself i have very few in my circle right you know me for a long time i have very few in my circle that i really call like my real but friends right i know a lot of people i have a lot of acquaintances but there's only a handful or less than a handful of people that i really consider like my good good friends right um and i know that's probably prevailed prevalent with with a lot of people like they don't have a lot a lot of friends but the point is i i had to work at developing those relationships over time where in if, if it was in that collegiate space, it would have developed a lot faster. And then I could have had, a, I would have had a pick of who I wanted to, you know what I mean? That was right there in that incubator. A lot of well, people would well, So that, would, that's to me the only uh, downside to it. Uh, now I'll speak to that in the mm-hmm. sense of, I feel like vocational schools, whether you're a chef, a tech, mechanic, whatever that is, a uh, hairstylist, Mm-hmm. You're predominantly alone anyway. That's okay. why that's why you're in those fields. Because you right. tend to not you tend to be more loner. Whereas I see you as the university guy because you're more of you'll mingle. Right. Right. Whereas I can talk to anybody, but I won't go to talk to you. Right. Right. So right. I would have to go the route of USC, UCLA, the name school, because I would need to have that name to say, oh, I went here because they're going to judge whatever they judge. But Mm -hmm. once I'm, once I'm at the door with that paper, they know I have a backlog of, oh, well, this guy does, if he doesn't go here, he's probably going somewhere else. Right. Right. Versus like how you said, oh, you went to UA, somebody you said, oh, you can go to UEI. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on the type of job you want. So right. if you, you know what I mean? If you want a job that you're going to keep growing and you know you have to make connections with people, you need to go to a good university, mm-hmm. even, if, even if it's online, just so that you have someone to fall back on. But if you're... That alumni association we're talking about. Right. See, and I went to um, Phoenix but I don't, they don't do anything for me, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? But, and I think all the time, like, well, maybe I should just go back there. It'll be a lot shorter. But then I keep thinking, but if I'm spending more money 
to go to a school I haven't got anything from in the first place. What right. am I doing? Yeah. So, you know, so I've been kind of stuck, you know, but I also took the time, obviously, some from last year made me say, I'm giving myself six months to do my own thing. Right. And then if I don't do well enough to provide back to the grind, you know, uh, it's like starting all over again. But I also told myself I was practically dead. So it's starting all over again anyway. You know what I mean? And well, I, I put it like this, man. And I know you try to put a button on this, but I, I just say this. If you hadn't tried to do what you're doing, then you would always regret it. That you didn't even att- attempt it. Right? So at least, at the very least, you know, you could look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I thought I would be good at this. I tried it and I was, you know, in your case, you're being successful, right? But um, but you can look yourself in the mirror and say that. Even if it was a, on a failure side, you could say, look, I, I gave it all I had. It was, wasn't the time or what have you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but now, and that's and that's another lesson you can give your kids. They see you. They see what you're trying to do and what, you know, and, and what in the effort that you put into it. And so it's just a beautiful thing, man. I appreciate you putting me on here and, and, uh, make me a part of what you're trying to build. I appreciate that. No, I appreciate you coming on and your time and it's late and, uh, you know, no, thank you. And, and I, I actually, I told you this before, but like I picked, um, five people to be co-hosts because mm-hmm. I was like, I was listening to, or I shouldn't say listen to because I don't listen to my stuff. But I, but I was like looking at the what episodes I had, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, these were good ones. And then that's when I had that countdown on like which ones I thought were good. And I said, you know, it's the conversation, but it's the knowledge, it's the it's the solution. I'm confident enough that I went a year, and I just want to try something new where I have co-hosts because you're bringing the topic, and I still have input mm-hmm. and I'll, and I'll always still have a solution if I can find one. Right. But I, it's also to give people that I think deserve to be heard on something, you know, whatever it is. Like I could sit here and say, okay, well you do X, Y, and Z with your, your group and the area you work at, that's what I do. So I could say, Hey, you guys should come through when I give this talk and and see if uh there's something we can do together right mm-hmm. but that that relationship has to um form first you have to have a need for it. there's timing right and at the same time you say well how you said before like with um uh networking you have to know like okay well you know so and so and i know so and so or mm-hmm. you need information, I know so-and-so. That, again, I go back to your what your topic was. This is what I'm saying. Like, Thanks for doing the co-host. Like your topic is trade school or professional school. So if I'm trying to build my clientele, you have your people, that to me is more uh, university, right? Mm-hmm. But me being a behavior therapist is more trade because you don't need like a network you need you need more of um a funnel of a need of of clients yeah Yeah. and that's where the corruptness comes in 
So that's where you have, um, that's what I was trying to bring it to. The solution is you have to stop it at the levels they are now at elementary school, at at um, high school. They already put them in the pipeline because they give them all these tests. So when they mm -hmm. do these tests, right, they they put them in a box of what your aptitude is and they put them in a box of where you live and um if you're in poverty or what school do you go to how many absences you have that's where they base oh you should go to a trade school you should go to a university and when mm -hmm. you go to the university like you said you're there to learn a certain relationship but they're actually indoctrinating you to only go down these funnels the only time you're going to see the super successful, they go to these other schools that have, you can have a college. Or don't go to school either at all. Exactly. So you can have a college that's like a, like a, a new age type of college where like I have my school that I, I'm, I'm going to build my school. Right. So if I say, um, I'm going to teach these disciplines, you don't get those some at average schools. Oh, wow. Okay. So what's that about? That is that funnel that I just narrowed, right? And those people should have no um, no trouble being successful, mm -hmm. right? Now, when you open that up and you're like, now, oh, wait. So all these other college people, those are the CE students. Those are the B students. The A students, they're all the ones that are like kissing ass like they're just they don't necessarily know anything more than the c student the c student sometimes is smarter because they're like i'm not gonna work my ass off i'm just gonna get by right so like if you really think about it when you go to well, i mean they don't they don't know how to play the game i mean the the whole thing about grades we can get in this whole thing is and is what i tell my son don't ever put yourself in a position where someone can tell you no right so it, I'll tell him, and uh, some people might not agree with this, but I was like, going to going to high school is not about getting the grades. You get good grades so you can call your shot. It's not okay. about what it's not about the grades. It's not about the grades. It's about if you get out, if you get to the end of your senior year, or you know when you start looking at schools and you start and you decide, hey, I don't want to go to school, and then in the in the eleventh hour, you're like. Hey, you know what? I think I do want to go to school. I found this school that I really want to go to. You don't want to apply there, and they tell you, "Well, you know, you didn't. You're not good enough." Yeah, because you, you didn't because because you, you didn't do what you're supposed to do. So, to me, what I tell him is, it's about playing the game. Of course, you you know you you're going to learn some things along the way, but it's about making sure that you have that key to get in. And once you get in, then you can call your shot on that level. You find out what the game is on that level. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but do you, and, and, do you agree with the fact that if, if you say, okay, so say you, he gets B's and you're like, okay, well you just lowered yourself from USC to UCLA or whatever your, you know, hierarchy is. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't you think people that go for C's that say, I'm just going to get by, those are the same people that go towards vocational. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. I agree with your first statement where you're saying that the people that are getting C's are generally just as smart as the people that are getting A's. Oh, yeah. Right? They just, um, but at that age when you're 
in adolescence, I don't think you're you're not really looking far enough ahead to which was my point, right? Is hey, you're sh- you're shutting off your avenues, right? To which mm-hmm. you can you can go down, right? You can mess around and just like, hey, I'm just gonna get C's and you know B's or whatever. And then when you're done, you go, okay, well I, now I really I really like Pepperdine. I want to you know. I really want to do this program. I, I met this impactful individual because we always run into people who changed the trajectory of our lives. Right. Yeah. It, you know, you talk to somebody, you have a conversation and all of a sudden it enlightens you in a way that your parents couldn't have, or your uncle or whatever couldn't have. So at that point, now you're like, dang, now I got to go to community college for a year or two, get my associate because my dream is to really go to this school mm-hmm. so i have to get in here and then i have to bust my ass now and then i got to transfer so i'm not saying that those people are less smart or whatever i'm just saying that if you don't have people like yourself or myself talking to them in a real way then they don't they're kids they don't have the foresight to be like oh yeah if i don't if i want to go to this party and not you know whatever or if i don't want to work in a study group or if i don't just do a little bit extra just to make sure i'm keep my GPA like a 3.4 or whatever, whatever it is. I don't know what GPA is that if I change my mind in the 11th hour, I'm not going to have to do extra work. I can right. go straight. You know what I'm saying? But that's so, a planner. Right. But my point is those kids, we're, they're not supposed to, we're supposed to be guiding them in that direction. They don't, right. we shouldn't expect them to know. Oh yeah. I, I know at, at 16, I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z. No, you need people in that are in your corner to be like, Hey, like I said, what are you good at? These are the, these are the things that if you're good at that, that's going to become natural to you that you're going to be able to excel and you're going to like doing these are the seven things that you could do. Right. Let's do a little bit of research into those. And just see if, you know, if any of those might interest you, right? And then what's the criteria to get into there? Oh, you know, you can go to this school. It's a very good school, FIDM on fashion. You don't have to have a good GPA. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? You could really look at that stuff. Then you won't be stressing as much. Like, okay. Yeah, if I want to be an I, FIDM. You'd have to do that from like, that's what I'm saying, from like middle school. No, I, well, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say no. The only reason I disagree with you is because you're talking about, Sophomore year through junior year, right? Preferably, for, you can start figuring out what people are good at at a certain point. But my point is, if you no, I'm talking about communication. Well, oh yeah, to be able to let a kid know that there it's available, because if like yeah, like as far as figuring it out, that's easy. Mm-hmm. That's what they're those stupid aptitude tests are for, right? Right. But but most of those kids don't want to take those tests, so they're not going to do well. But think of the disillusion, right? You're you're the same as I am in this res- this respect. I don't give a shit about perfect attendance. My kids will never have perfect attendance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I don't That's care not about normal. that, right? <laughs> I, I, I care about experience, right? So if, and I've done it several times. Hey, we're going to take a four day weekend. We're going to go do X, Y, and Z, or whatever. And they'll ask at the at the class. Or they'll ask at the office. Well, you know, hey what's what's the excuse for us that's personal well he's not going to be excused if you know okay yeah i you know get I mean? the same thing it's, it's none of your business now i'm i always say know, he's working. About whatever yeah whatever but my point is and this 
discussion for another day. But my point is, back to the other point is, if we just guide, if 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 we start guiding these kids or just giving them information and options and not just leaving it to them to figure it out, then societally we'll be much better off because we'll have more productive citizens that are happy with what they're doing, that are in less debt, and that are, um, like I said, happy and just like, hey, I'm going on vacation. I'm doing some stuff. I'm not, I'm not in a, in a job that I hate right. until I'm 40, and then I start over doing something else, right? It's, it's, it's just happy, happier society, happier relationships. It will all translate, and that's my point. Okay. But thank you. So this thank is you. stories and solutions. And the solution is to have some type of support that's readily available and that people are aware of, not so much as there because the police are there. But if you don't know where the police station is, you can't get help. All right. So I would think the solution is get them young, but not in a educational way. I think you just have to be able to let them see that that there are ways to succeed no matter what you do mm -hmm. exactly and and if you start there even a person that says well i have a habit of falling asleep between three and eight well then you're going to work you know 10 at night mm -hmm. you know sleep all day right uh, no matter what it is so whether it's vocational or university it i'd still say the solution is you need to figure out the personality and what their likes and dislikes are first so that you can get them happy Yeah. because otherwise the rest of it doesn't matter. What they're naturally talented at. Yep. So this is Stories and Solutions. Thank you, Eddie, for coming on and your time. And Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. And, Todd. Uh, and your... <laughs> Appreciate and your, you, and your, and your And your, your co-hosting. Likewise, be easy.